Christmas cakes at work for the farm shop. Barrett in Doncaster, by the way, you show some... Hello. What's up? And welcome to All Fruits Ripe. You're we good, Louis? Number five, I believe. Yeah, this is number five, yeah. Number five. We thought it was number We clarified six. that just before we started. Getting ahead of yourselves, guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, we've got Emil Walker in the yeah. studio. What's up, what's up? How is it? It's good. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, actually, I say it's good. You'll find this funny. I ate so many peanuts this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really bad stomachache. <laughs> Oh this boy does not know how to not eat peanuts to like an, a, a ridiculous obsession. Right, are you, have you got an obsession with peanut butter? No, no, okay. no, I never eat peanut butter. I've got a friend who does, and it is serious. For some reason, I think peanut butter <laughs> is just not good for you, but I can get away with just yeah, yeah. stashing away packets Well, it's of the peanuts. same thing, it's just grounded down nuts, really. My mate eats peanut butter out of a pot. I'll happily eat it out of the pot. Like yeah, no, that. I do, yeah. but it's just like when it gets to every meal, you're oh, kind yeah, of like, no, I'm not doing nah. that. No. Almond butter. Almond butter is delicious. For the rich. <laughs> For the rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an expensive cashews, nut. Even more Have expensive. you had argan, argan oil, almond butter? You can get it in um, in Morocco. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's a mate amazing. brought it back for me. I wow. bought, when I was last there, my sister bought like half a litre of it. Yeah. to bring back on the plane and then realised I couldn't bring it in my hand. I just wanted to stay the whole thing in the <laughs> Yeah. I was, man. Secretly, I was really happy about that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't bring it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, man, apart from that, all good, all good. But you've just come back from, well, how long have you been back in the UK this year? Probably about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. I was in Belgium on Monday and no belgium sunday ibiza on monday and then got back at f like 4 30 a.m on monday night but you are probably the most traveling man i've ever come into apart from yourself friendship with <laughs> well I, I thought i traveled a lot but you are just smashing it out the ballpark which is why i love the track that we're going to play for you i haven't told you what we're playing yet but see if you can guess what it is from that Oh man, well, you probably forgotten your I list. I can't even remember the list of tracks that I gave you. Let, why don't we play it? <laughs> <laughs> the Charles Bradley one. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> and um, I have all of his albums, but I didn't have this one yet. So thanks for giving me the kick up the boot to go and get it. Amazing. Have um, you got it queued up already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you do. And uh, it's uh, good to be back home. It is very good to be it back home. It is good to be back home. I'm actually also glad to be back home. Just got <laughs> off the plane this morning and here we are, back at it. Um, Charles Bradley, what an amazing guy. So tell me, why did you choose that track? So I have had this track in a playlist for a while. And then recently, I, because I'm a filmmaker, I've got a showreel that I send out to clients, which is... It's kind of all my most cinematic shots that I think best kind of show someone what I can do with the camera. But I don't have a showreel for my like my editing that's much more narrative driven. So I've been <laughs> it's really hard. I've been trying to like condense all the interviews that I've shot over the last couple of years into like a two minute long video that makes some sort of sense, but also trying to kind of like send someone on a bit of a journey going like up and down and then like this so there's three tracks and this is the track that i've chosen for the end because it kind of it goes a bit crazy and then it's like ah yeah it's all all right and this is the charles bradley track 
Yeah, and I just, I mean, personally, I like the fact that it was good to be back home because obviously, well, I guess, you know, a man like Bradley understands what it is like to be on the tour all the time because he's traveling all around the world playing his music. And Definitely. Evidently, he was happy to be home, which is why he wrote this track. <laughs> Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Charles Bradley killing the game. He is like undeniably the most soulful person on the planet. Yeah, man, I need to listen to the rest of the album. That's the only track I've got. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I have yet to listen to any of the album apart from that track, purely based on that. It arrived in my possession this morning, just before I got here. Um, it was good to be continuing the purchasing of his album. So thanks for that, Emil. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess one of the reasons that like I, I wanted you to come on the show was because I think that it's really important for people to realise the idea of chasing a dream and chasing an ambition and following something that they feel passionate about, which is what I've done. I know it's what Adam's done. But how, how have you done that? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I... A lot of people have been asking me this recently and it's kind of like people that I either know or people who I kind of meet who are stuck in jobs they're not particularly happy about. And I feel like I was very fortunate to have, when I moved to London, I had a lot of support from a lot of people around me and I had low rent and I had very kind of enthusiastic positive people that were like if you want to do something you can just go and do it and my yeah. parents had the same attitude as well so I think that was a really good starting base because I had no idea what I wanted to do I went away for five years after I finished school 
and had like no intention whatsoever of like pursuing any career i just wanted to get drunk <laughs> and dj and go snowboarding and like do all the things i think you should do when you're where when were you you're doing younger. that sorry where were you doing that so i did a season in france two seasons in austria and then a season in the states in colorado and then i went, I went and lived in norway for a while and worked in a fish factory yeah. and then between the seasons i went to like asia a couple of times and went to india and like yeah had like had a good time but I had like no no idea what i wanted to do i didn't really have a camera i had like a little point and shoot photography camera and then yeah when i moved to london and i was with t who you obviously know i know you through him who was getting into film and filming you yeah and i was like that looks that looks pretty fun yeah and i think like since then so it's been what like five years it's just been trying for the first three years it was like how can i make money out of doing this and then since making money out of doing it, it's like right well, now i'm fortunate enough to not be working 40 50 hours a week like how what direction do i want to put this in and yeah i do feel very lucky to be to be doing something that i really enjoy doing there are definitely days where i'm not enjoying it at right. all and it really feels like a job and i'm really like pissed off and fed up with what's going on but then i've got to remind myself that I don't have to do this and I can go back to working a full-time job in a bar or retail for, for a low wage. But, and then I'm like, nah, I want to do this. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I get and, to travel. It's... And I guess in some respects, like you're as much as you're not enjoying the context or the content of what you're working with, like you're still learning new things, which you then take into the work that you do love. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like with the, with the, so at the moment I'm doing a tour video with a DJ and it's not, it's, I'm doing like three weeks out of a month. So it's not full time. I've still got time to do my own stuff. And like, I actually really enjoy working with him. Like he's a really great guy to, to be with, but um, it's not like doing tour videos is definitely not like where I see my end game as a, as a right. filmmaker, but what I'm learning through already from only doing it for a couple of months, I've already picked up so much stuff that yeah. is really relevant towards like everything else that I do, like for, for my, my passion projects. So yeah, I guess like that crosses over with, with everything I do that's like paid, that kind of pays the bills and isn't, I'm not like completely invested in it. Like, yeah, there's so, I think when you're trying to really develop like a passion it's a lot of it is about experimenting and learning new things but i think a lot of it is just repetition and just getting the hours in there and whether the hours are in there in like your free time or the hours are in there when you're getting paid like you're still every single day that you're doing something that's going to yeah develop your craft like you're going to be learning something yeah and that definitely shines through everything that you do like you've got many different tiers i would say like if you look through your films, like you've got your sort of very Emil style joshing around on YouTube, <laughs> and doing like ramming food down your throat, like second to none. Well, that's, like, that's yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah. It was like me and my mate Jack, who, you know, like I just moved to London. T was making films with you. And I was like, I don't know where to start. I can't approach i didn't feel like i could approach you or i could approach anyone else because i hadn't actually made any videos and i was like but what do i do so me and jack were like let's just make a video every week of us just doing something ridiculous like making a cheesecake <laughs> or buying as buying some stupid stuff in poundland or like cycling around london on boris bikes dressed yeah. up in like fluorescent gear <laughs> and it's like there's, the videos have no context but through doing that i learned so much about how to shoot with a camera so much about how to edit and like although the story was very kind of the story was just as the day started to the middle to the end i definitely learned a lot about that then so essentially you've taught yourself how to use a camera and do the things that you're doing obviously like the more projects you work on you're learning from other people i know t's taught you a lot we've learned together on a yeah, lot of things, yeah. but it seems like it's very much a self-initiated learning, which is, I think that's really inspiring. I think that that's a really nice way of getting good at something, essentially. I think like, when you see, when you see people that have like done really well, 
in life. I listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of people that are like successful, quote unquote, but might not be necessarily famous, right. but their success really shines in the way that they talk about this career that they've done for however many decades. And it's like, you, you know that people aren't going to be that far into a subject if they've only gone into it for financial reasons. You can only get so far if you're in it to like get paid. Yeah. And I think, especially like for someone like yourself, I'm sure you did years of painting before anyone would ever pay you. No, I came out being <laughs> paintings immediately. What about you, Ads? <laughs> Records flying out of the shop. <laughs> yeah. No, there's always a balance, isn't there? Yeah. You know, like we were talking about this earlier as well. And it's like you've just been talking about, you know, the balance between your own work and the balance between getting paid. And uh, I mean, my my journey is still intertwined between those two factors. It, yeah. w it wasn't at the start. I mean, it started from a passion and then developed into something that could generate money. But it is about that balance. How much of your own projects are you doing with your time and how much are you doing that is paid? But like you say, you know, you learn. You learn for everything if you're doing something that's related to your creative outlet, your craft. With I think, like, yeah, the balance is so important because there's definitely times where... Like, so I, I, re I remember reading your Instagram profile when I first met you and you said, like, I'm like a fish without water, but, like, I can't live without painting. Mm. And I was like, mm, like, whatever, hippie. <laughs> 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 and then, like, now I'm in a position where, like, I can't live without making films. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> but then there are times where I'll work on corporate projects yeah. for a couple of weeks and it will completely kill my passion. Mm -hmm. And I wake up going like, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse than sitting in front of a computer and editing. I can't think of anything worse than setting up an interview and asking someone about how much money their business made this year or something. It's just like, so yes. And then after I've done something like that, I'm like, right, I'm just gonna pick up a camera and go and choose something for myself. And, and I'm straight back into it again and it feels yeah. amazing. But yeah, that balance is, mm -hmm. is vital, I think. Yeah, because you can lose yourself, you know? can lose yourself in terms of you as an artist you as a creative well in that sense too much of um paid work which isn't connected into what you want your outlet to be should we get into the next track more music yeah sounds good what I've have we chosen, got um i and i i and i, I. <laughs> you heard of i and i it just sounds like your ringtone. <laughs> I do have a scissor track as my ringtone. Um, it's called Center of Attention. Now, obviously, I know you're tasting music. And so this is one of the track. This is a band which I thought that you would like. It's kind of like the philosophy in reggae, but in hip hop. These are like very conscious, grounded guys. And they've made these, this album, actually. And it got bootlegged and bootlegged and bootlegged to the point where actually the album name is wrong. It's not <laughs> sense of attention. I forgot what they were going you to buy call it. from it. Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what they were going to call it. I don't remember. But anyway, I'm going to play track one on side C and it's called What Do You Say? What do you say? So, let's run it. Respect. On peut vous juger par vos paroles Alors faites attention à vos paroles mon frère Pas de temps à jouer comme 1995 Elixir Et c'est notre année Alors nous avançons avec la foi de Dieu And I live Every day of my life I bear witness to the power of words And what they do to the many and the few I'm speaking thoughts with the mind and the mouth open Keeping my people on point Plus I'm hoping that my words sound power Will devour the fools For they know not the hour The most high rules I got an aura Created by words of praise Original G, watch I as I amaze All my pupils 
When I speak, I have scruples. Uh, Treat my mind like a whole tabernacle. Yeah. No one can attack and steal my thoughts. They all the words I say, all the lessons I brought That's into right. the cipher. Uh, words now possess value. Yeah. If you wanna know the real, then let me tell you. Let me tell. Be responsible for what you say because the words you speak could truly cause dismay. That's why I and I comes across with mass appeal. So now sign your deal. It's all packed and sealed. To get it shipped and sold, and now you're reaching for your goal. But nowadays, every loop has got its hole to fill. You have to break a mill just to pay your bill. So with quick skill, I build an empire. And then retire all those that expire. Cause what you say, it reflects how you live every day. And even when the sky's gray, I maintain hope to pray for existence. Alleviate some resistance. The father's birth was evidence and proof. So I must teach the truth to my newborn youth. To keep it going on. So that the thought will stay strong and be embedded. So he never can forget it. Man, or your devil stay back. Cause your attempt is pathetic. Shows the show here. Now I'm talking about facing the guards with no fear. The sincere, still a controversy and pains. Got me spending time anointing all my versatile slang. Must refrain and do things my people's way. Cause what you say equals the price you'll pay. But the strife you spray with your double tongue dealing. Following these crowds, mass appealing. Way of feeling. Feel your concealing can last forever. You either sink or survive is what I think I'm Rob Cypher. Master crafter, elevation's what I'm after. Yeah, I'm stressing the text in all my chapters. Wow, I got an answer for my thoughts one day. Don't wanna get caught in what you say. I'm a guest on the podcast and I didn't sing the jingle, but you're listening to All Fruits Ripe right now. Maybe I should sing the jingle. All Fruits Ripe and Beautiful. All. Hashtag Camille Walker for president. Man, I love that tune. I love that tune. I want to listen to the rest of the album. Teasing me. Now you've got to go and get it. (laughs) Yeah. Such a good album. What I love about it is, uh, is that sample. And I can't remember who wrote Lay Lady Lay, but... You need to go on whosample.com. I do, don't I? Doing the adverse. Well, it's interesting you should say that because I did get onto that for Charles Bradley because we like to play a remix version of something that you've selected at the end. I'm not going to tell you what I found, but Charles Bradley has... Obviously, this is a new album out, so no one's sampled off this yet. Mm. But relatively new in his career, and yet people in the hip-hop world are already sampling off him. And then on this album, again, you didn't choose that particular track, so I couldn't do it, but it's a remix of Black Sabbath. No way. So I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Almost <laughs> could do it, but no, I've had to go reroute on, on it, but I'll explain it when we get there. Nice. So just going back to I and I, Centre of Attention, you were saying that this has been bootlegged. Yeah, and that is a bootleg because it's the wrong name. Okay, because this came out in 2001, so yeah, I it wonder... Yeah, came out in 2001. That's the bootleg. It originally came out in the Boom Bap era, which is like the 90s. Yeah, man. Definitely yeah, be so checking out more of their stuff. Yeah, I think you'd like them. 
Is there a digital release or is it one of those vinyl only? I imagine. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, it's a bootleg, so like it is more in digital world than it is on vinyl. Yeah. Okay. Well, I imagine you'll be able to find it. Nice. I've, I stumbled upon them through listening to the Wee Funk radio station. Oh, mate, you love the Wee Funk radio station. <laughs> those guys almost, kill I almost it. miss miss your reggae jams from that road trip that we did <laughs> wow never heard Jamming. never heard so much in my life <laughs> yeah. i was saying it in a negative way i actually loved it but. yeah you did you were schooled <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah interesting like how you were saying that your passion influences your deliverance but then you end up doing stuff you're not really that into but then the thing that you even before you picked up a camera by the sounds of it, the thing you're really interested in is travel. And that seems to be what you're doing all the time now. Like travel, 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 travel. I can't keep up with where you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I remember when I was going to quit. I was working a full-time job a couple of years ago and I was going to quit. I think it was then. It might have even been a bit before then. Um, and I went for a walk with my dad in the woods in Devon where I grew up. And he was like, what, what do you want to do? Do you have any idea what you want to do? And I was like, I just want to, I want to travel the world and it would be great if I could film music. And I really, I love music. And that was like something in the future that I was hoping for. And like now, now I'm fortunate enough to be doing that. Right. It's like, that is not what I want to do. <laughs> that's not, that's not like the goal anymore. And I think the, so the project that we did last year in, in the States, yeah that really kind of woke me up to what's going on in the world. For the listeners, the, the project was The Art of Being and Emil was doing the filming with T and the two of them followed me around all of my irritating, frustrating neural <laughs> spots. <laughs> Wait, what did we do? We did like 9,000 miles. You guys drove 9,000 miles. I sat <laughs> there and did nothing. <laughs> I did the music. <laughs> we went east coast to west coast to east coast of the States. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was insane. But so like, yeah, we interviewed super interesting people. Yeah. All kind of like animals. Biologists, scientists, yeah. activists. It was amazing. And that, I guess like I've watched a lot of documentaries about a lot of the, a lot of the things that are going on, but actually hearing firsthand from someone who's like, obsessed with it it's like oh like actually all this shit's going on why and i've got like a passion and a craft like why why would i not use it towards a great course like this so i think yeah that's the next step for me and yeah like travel it's difficult because so i watched have you seen chasing coral yeah i just watched that the other day so i watched that such a good documentary. oh man so Arnell, my girlfriend, she held an event in San Francisco last week. Right, I was going to ask you about that. That I went to. And so they they screened that. And yeah, so I watched it for the first time there. And I was so... It was like heart-wrenching, man. It was like, there was a lot of people there. Like people were crying. Like it's... It really kind of... It really resonated with me and also a lot of other people there. And... Like I've seen, I went to the Great Barrier Reef when I was a kid. I remember seeing how like alive it was, and, yeah. and it was it was beautiful. Did you dive as well? I, I went snorkeling. Snorkeling, yeah. And then at the end, it's like yeah, it's global. It's global warming that's basically ruining all of this. So and then I watched another documentary recently. What the health? Have you seen that? No, like the not guys yet. that did Cowspiracy. They just bought, seen that one, just yeah. bought a second one, so it's all about. It's about the pharmaceuticals, right? Well, it's all it's all about the health industry. So yeah, they touch on pharmaceuticals and basically everything you're putting in your body and yeah. it all comes down to how important a plant-based diet is yeah and so after watching chasing coral i was like right if i go vegan is is that going to reduce my carbon footprint is that going to help the world out a bit more and like <laughs> try and stop all the coral from dying so i started looking into my carbon footprint from that and then i started looking at the carbon footprint from my flights because i do fly a lot and I am. I want. I want a career where I'm able to travel because I think travel is hugely important for people to experience different cultures and ways of life around the world. And it's like these figures might be slightly butchered, but your carbon footprint if you're vegan on average is 1.5 tons a year. If you're vegetarian, it's 1.7 tons a year. If you're a meat eater, it's three and a half tons a year. But then a flight for me to go to San Francisco 
return is 3.2 tons. <laughs> so it's almost the same carbon footprint as someone that's eating meat for a whole year in one trip on a flight. Wow. So, I mean, I've only just, only just wow. looked at all this and I'm just, I'm kind of really upset with myself, especially after watching this documentary mm. that like, I'm, although I'm, I'm vegetarian and I really care about this and I'm thinking about becoming vegan, like I fly so much yeah. and it like, it, I'm just, yeah, it makes me so angry with myself and I'm trying to figure out how to change this. Well, I mean, one of the things I'm, I'm doing, I've been, I mean, it's not going to be a question of working out what my carbon emissions are to the to a certain T, but there's a carbon tax, like which is voluntary, which you can pay, and I'm going to contribute to that, and that will be in connection to the amount of spray paint I've used, the amount of flights I've taken. Then I'll try and add it up and figure out what I can afford to give in to to contribute to this tax, because this tax is not, you know, it is voluntary. Like no one has yeah. to pay it. I learned about that from the documentary that Caprio did uh, after the flood. At the end of that, he said, we've flown all around the world making this documentary, so we've made carbon footprint and we are hypocrites, so therefore our resolution is to pay this tax. And so I felt like, okay, this is a step forward. I think that it's still important that he's making that documentary. I still think it's important that you're doing what you're doing. I think it's important that I'm doing what I'm doing we're going to burn carbon like we are mm. humans like just by sitting in our house we're burning carbon it's hard to escape that i think that it's a question of how you react to finding out about how much you are burning and encouraging more people to be more aware of the burning as well and then i think that then you can i mean you can't we're not going to be perfect you can't be a perfect human there's too many of us for us to be perfect <laughs> I mean, I start, I looked into like carbon offsetting, and yeah, there are there's like wind there's like wind farms you can donate to, and you can plant trees, and there's a lot of stuff like that that you can contribute to to kind of offset. But then I read a couple of articles like from the Guardian and stuff of um, environmentalists that are like, yeah, you can do that, but it's not really the point. The point is to not use as much carbon right. as you would, and like. Yeah, by all means, do that if it makes you feel less guilty. But at the end of the day, you're still burning X amount of carbon. Yeah. And if you're flying a lot, you're burning a lot of carbon. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's something I've just been thinking about a lot recently. And it's especially since getting this job where I'm filming this DJ, it's like I'm flying a lot. And then the other day we missed a flight because we, we were told to go to the wrong airport. And it's like we, did, we weren't even on a flight. So there's an empty seat that still goes against my carbon footprint. And like when I came out from... San Francisco, which is a huge flight, the plane was like a third full. Like I got three seats, which I was like, cool, I get to sleep. And it's like, well, that's ridiculous because yeah. now my carbon So what three that, times, that figure that you worked out, what did you say was 3.2? So yeah, it's just over is three. Is that per person on the, on the flight? Per person return. Okay. Wow. Which, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I've seen like when, you, when, you're, when you're booking flights, I've seen the little thing that's like, Oh, click this and like spend an extra fifty pounds and offset your carbon. And I'm like, why would I spend more money? This flight's already ridiculously expensive. And like, yeah, now after seeing that documentary, I'm like, whoa, like I need to make a difference. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, there's different different things I've been thinking about. And it's like if I like so what you're doing with your work is you're really you're raising a lot of awareness to like like I would never be as as passionate about this had I not like worked with you and seen what your work is all about and I feel like a lot of other people have that as well so I think in kind of the footpath that you've taken if I can do something similar with my work and feel like the the like the balance of what my carbon emissions are in comparison to if I could produce content that would really inspire people to change something in their lives to make this world a better place maybe that's okay I feel like that's where you're getting to as well, you know? Like, you, you don't... A fruit doesn't start ripe. It starts as a seed. Yeah. All fruits ripe. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> so I think that you're growing into this person and I didn't start by flying around the world. I started by painting in London and I wasn't painting about an endangered species. I was just painting because it, it was a species. 
now I'm painting about an endangered species and I've got a heightened awareness of the problems and now I'm flying. And it's kind of like, I feel that frustration, but at the same time, it's, I think with me, like it's kind of co coincided. As annoying as it is, I'm burning the carbon, at least I'm doing something like positive with it. And I think that with yourself, you have that interest. So therefore your films will start, to, I mean, you were just making films in South Africa, right? And I saw one in Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. I really want to do more stuff like that, working yeah. with non-profits to kind of help tell their story, to generate more funding for their projects. So yeah, that one was working with a project um, trying to bring 110 women out of poverty. So they all work on this farm and they earn 87 cents a day. What currency is that? That's in US dollars, yeah, so it's... I'm not sure what that is. But it's, it's, it's not it's, a lot. It's not a lot, but they're trying to triple their income. It's about 40p or something. It's not quite that low, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's less than a pound yeah, it's horrible. a day. And they work in like 45 degree heat. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, yeah, so people aren't going to donate, or people may donate, but people aren't going to donate as much if they just have like a photo and a little, a little blurb. Or not even a photo. If there's no, if there's no visual yeah. to see, to see a picture of someone or to see a video of somebody, then like how how do you know where your money's going? But yeah, so my girlfriend Arnell, she did, she she's been out there a few times doing both photography and video, and then yeah, she took me with her, and it's it felt so good to. Like, we weren't getting paid. It was it was all. But I didn't want to get paid for that. It's like I'd feel I'd feel bad charging money, especially like for my day rate, which is considerably higher than what these women are making. It's like just put, like I can make money in London, just put the money towards that. Um, so yeah, I'd really like to do more stuff like that. I've been thinking more recently about trying to do yeah like a longer form documentary. I feel like I'm kind of gearing up to doing something like that. It's just working out what because it would all be self-funded. It's like, what, what am I really yeah. passionate about? Where can, I, where can I put my time the best? But yeah, there's, like, there's a few photographers I've been following on Instagram recently who, um, who've been working a lot in the refugee crisis. And like, I, I mean, we see that in the news all the time. And it's like, oh, it's so close to us because it's Europe. But it's like, oh, it's so far away from us because we're not actually there. We don't mm. actually know what's going on. But I feel like on Instagram there's definitely photographers that tell it in this in, in, in the truest it can possibly be told in a photo rather than the newspapers that are just right. like ah, this will sell or like we want to divert the media this way yeah I mean I'm intrigued to try and do more stuff like that and potentially do something with the refugees yeah I think it's all about it's like we were saying with balance it's the balance of not just like doing things that you love and things that you're not so passionate about it's the balance of and environmental thinking as well like how do you balance like your existence on this planet with how you f would like to exist on this planet or how you want to leave this planet for the next generation and it's hard because we've been born into a world that is consume 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 and we're having mm -hmm. to rewrite our brains and yeah we're, I think we're catching up with that I think that the generation next will be less consumers maybe they won't who knows I mean it's difficult to predict that kind of a thing but yeah it's, it's hard as well and I feel like like in the world that we live in with social media and stuff we're so in a bubble of like what's going on like really what's going on because everything you see in your social media feed is all things that you care about generally because it's people that you are in your circles mm. and are posting the same stuff as you like brexit was a it was a great thing to like prove to all of all of like us lefties i suppose that like actually there's loads of people out there that have completely different ideas to like what we care about and it's difficult like now i'm like why doesn't everyone care about looking after the world and it's like and then you go like down the road and you see like well, like you go to like the supermarket and you see families just like stocking up on like meat and chocolate with their kids and you're like, oh, you have no idea. Yeah. You literally have no idea. And it's not your fault. That's just like how, how like our society is now. And like you've done, you've not like done anything wrong. You're just very ignorant towards yeah. like yourself and the planet. And it's about, yeah, trying to change, 
change that, I think. Because, yeah, I find, like, I, yeah, I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people that are my friends, and it's, like, it's, yeah, it's the same conversation, especially, like, around, like, voting and stuff. It's yeah. like, why don't, why don't people, like, have the same ideas as us? And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just how it is. But there are lots of people that do have those same ideas, and I think that this is part of the reason why we've done the podcast, is to prove that by getting different people from different walks of life to come in and discuss their points of view on mm. what they're doing with regards to the environment and to then influence other people to become more aware of their impacts and what they're doing or not doing and so on. And I think that there are a lot more of us out there than we're aware of, you know? I mean, when Adam and I first met each other, we weren't on the path we're on now. And we've grown to that ourselves. And it's only because we've had frequent conversation with each other about food and these kinds of things. We were like, oh, we should do a podcast about this because actually there's going to be even more people out there who are going to have a good conversation with us as well. So they're out there. They are out there. <laughs> they are out there. It's, it's so easy to like slip as well and like slip into that other realm. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, yeah, I mean, everyone loves everyone loves a bit of sweet food every now and then. <laughs> can't <laughs> can't all live off like plant based greens, or you can, you can if you if you're Louis Masai, and like, yeah, I don't know. I feel yeah, I feel like the the consumerist world, the superficial consumerist world that we live in, is like it's, it's in your face every day, and it's like. It's well, you did it as well. You did it as well. Give yourself like respect. Nine weeks, mm. you, you went vegan. And I think I feel like I feel like I'm at a stage now where I'm I barely I'm, I'm vegetarian. I have no urge to eat meat or fish ever again. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, close to going vegan. But I think that's a natural progress. And Adam and I both have done the same thing. We started by being well, I'd start being pescatarian and then went vegetarian. And then yeah, vegan. that's that's what I did. And that's what you've done. Yeah. It's like I think it's too much of a shock for your body to go from eating everything to eating one one like food base and I think you need to yeah. do it over time you need to, yeah. sorry, no I just think it's a natural progression I think it's a natural progression of becoming more conscious about our surroundings and our environment I think we're all on a journey of learning and moving in the way that we're moving in life so you know if you're saying that now maybe you're going to be on a vegan diet in a month's time or you know, or you're going to start changing this and changing that and focusing, like you say, more of your time onto meaningful projects for you. You know what I mean? Even through doing these podcasts over these um, five episodes that we've done so far, it makes me think more about what I'm doing with my creative outlet, you know, with music. And, you know, we've spoken about this before, like how yeah. how in music can you transmit a message talking about, the environment and and us you know our lives on this planet um obviously you can do that through language through lyrics but um you can struggle when it comes to just music you know just sounds but then we played a track by cold cut yeah, and ecstatic yeah. um called timber which was a tune oh, yeah, which yeah. was all based on samples from documentaries with yeah with like chainsaws and trees falling and different samples about all of that that deforestation you know talking about that and they made a whole campaign around that but yeah i think it's good it's it's definitely good if more people can come out of that ignorance is bliss that kind of bubble you know like whether we've been force-fed by Mm. society when we were born until you know that unfortunately is what the is what the yeah the masses follow so yeah more positive change basically definitely yeah should we get into the next track yeah it's one of my tracks i'm gonna play another track off uplifting rhythm which is the fifth release on our record label in the last episode i played a track from galax spiritual um so this is a track just for any new listeners by myself and jago hilo and jago we did this with a guitarist called r kent and this track is from an artist from Trinidad called Jar Defender. The title is I Forget a Beating. Oh, 
survive of the oppression and the sufferings and no, no politician, new rule order, no leaders of the world. And the better watch on a cell phone, cause the youths them get crazy right now. Free up the people, and my figures are beaten for all the wrong things that they've done, for all the misleading. Last time I'm not turning them down, and my figures are beaten for all the wrong things that they've done. It's gonna be a weeping and a moaning. Judgment man, yeah. and disease, must come give the whole world cancer. Only salvation can save you. As the man, I tell them, shelter the shelterless, the hungry must be fed. Destroy the righteous source But King Selassie are his mightier than force Jaja strike them down Jaja strike them down Turn them down Them forget a beating For all the wrong things that they've done For all the misleading Rasta man a turn them down Them forget a Continue to do it, cause they really don't care. But someone has got to pay for the innocent lives they've taken away. Cannot run away, them can't escape this judgment. Nice, nice, nice. Thanks, Ads, for that. Um, man, I have to get some tunes off you. I like that. Yeah, Thanks, man. They're all, they're all in that. I can't think of the right word now. Um, but they're all as amazing as that. Unit 137, big shout-outs. Yeah, man. We're, um, we're all about, basically, it's a collective of artists. Um, um, we've got our studio located here, Sound System and record label we've all come together because we've got a shared passion for conscious music with a message that is all about the bass really you know uh, bass frequencies and a conscious message jungle reggae dub hip-hop dancehall with lots of influences in between you know so yeah wicked always good times in these studios <laughs> <laughs> so yeah one of the things I was going to talk to you about was uh, I noticed that you went whale watching and I went oh whale watching God. for the first time in my life the other day it's amazing isn't it that is incredible you know we drove right past the place did we? we went yeah when we were in America when I was with you huh. oh man so ridiculous I felt like I was in the middle of like all the documentaries I watched when I was a kid yeah. with like David Amber and stuff <laughs> madness yeah so Oh no, my girlfriend, she's been in touch with this guy who's a whale photographer. Um, it's about two and a half hours south of San Francisco, in a place called Monterey. And um, got a well good fridge magnet from there, by the way. Does he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me and Louis collect fridge magnets. and It's a bit geeky, how's, but we're doing it. <laughs> nice. How's, your, how's yours looking, by the way? I didn't get one on this trip, actually. Where did I go last? I got some really nice ones from China, actually. <sighs> 
Yeah. Sick. So yeah, she's been in touch with this guy. They've been like messaging and he had a couple of photos that he donated to this event that she held in San Francisco last yeah. week of like, yeah, beautiful photos of whales and dolphins. And yeah, so he, he, he'd seen like 35 whales or something, humpback whales. And was like, they're literally here. Like, if you want to come, like, now's the time. Like, I've never seen this many, this many whales. Like, I think there there were blue whales as well. But when yeah. we went, we just saw humpbacks. But yeah, we like, we, I was. It was a bit of a brutal day. We didn't go to bed till about like eleven o'clock. We had to wake up at two thirty to drive down there to get the boat at five. And we were all like freezing cold and tired and like didn't bring the right lenses with us. We were all just grumpy and like we didn't bring any food. We didn't realize we were gonna be on the boat for ten hours. Oh, no a meal food. without food as well. Man, My if gosh. I had a bag of peanuts, I'd be <laughs> having a whale a whale of a time. Whale of a time with us. <laughs> but yeah, and we like we we like the boat went out for like a couple of hours and I just kept falling asleep. I've never fallen asleep so many times in the space of two hours. I'd literally fall asleep for like five minutes. Like, Sounds like me. Yeah, it was, it was like, you, <laughs> it was like you in the car. But yeah, and then like we saw them and they were kind of like around, like not very close to the boat. And all the sea lions were around. So they're, they're all, the whales are feeding on sardines, I want to say. But I might be getting that wrong. But the sea lions, so where the sardines are, the sea lions all start swimming. Right. And, and the guy, Slater, was like, right, the whales are going to come and we were like whatever like you've been saying that and we went out and literally like 12 whales mouths just came out like right next to the boat <laughs> I've got a video on my phone I'll show you after this yeah. but I was like what is going like I got seasickness as well and immediately like every problem I had that morning had just gone away and I was like <laughs> wow yeah man it was pretty surreal experience yeah and then after seeing them we drove like a, another hour or two uh, north and to find some sharks and saw two great whites nice. which were like not that far away from the shore maybe like 150 200 foot yeah and there's like there's like kids just like on the beach it's yeah. like oh it's mad yeah there's been more shark uh great whites around uh la san francisco well the bay area than uh or this year than there ever has been really yeah which is a really good thing because it means their populations... Well, it yeah, means one yeah. of two things. Either their populations are beginning to come back up or it means that there's a problem somewhere else. So I don't know which of the two it is. Because, I mean, I've also... I went did some whale watching in Massachusetts off Cape Cod, which is on the East Coast. A couple of months ago, I did a project there, um, painted a, a right whale. And so then I was obviously working with whale conservationists and so on and so mm. they invited me to come out on a whale watch so I was like oh hell yeah <laughs> oh sorry I'm actually yeah, nah. just busy watching TV yeah bu busy watching a Netflix <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I went out and uh, we saw say whales right whales humpbacks uh, wow. finback dolphins porpoi it was just like that was my invite wow you, you were actually you were probably in San Francisco <laughs> but um yeah, it was just like one of the things they were saying is, is that although there's more right whales there at the moment, they're still critically endangered. There's only, well, I can't remember now how many there is, but they are very small amount left. And they, they were saying that a lot of them were in at the moment, but they were all coming in starved. Like they were totally unnourished. And wow. again, there's two reasons why that could be. One, there's not enough fish for them. Or B, that they're not able to eat properly because their stomachs are entwined with plastic which is probably oh a link God. between the two. So That's horrific. Yeah. And something else I learned about whales the other day, which links back into the carbon problem, is that the amount of whales that there should be in the ocean and that there once was when they were in their heyday, basically whales, when they go down, they, 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 they feed on the top and then they go down and they do their thing at the bottom. Then they come back up and they shit up at the top. And the amount that they shit out is then creates like ocean rainforests so the biggest deforestation on the planet is actually from the ocean not from like the jungles and amazon and so on uh, because the amount of whales that there once was is drastically diminished which means that the these ocean rainforests don't exist anymore and because that rainforest isn't there it means that a the carbon's not being absorbed oxygen's not being given off and it also means that there is a lack of fish in the ocean because 
those plants provide food for the small fish, which then go up, as we know, up the, the chain, and then you get the bigger fish. So more whales means more everything. God, I had no idea. Yeah, I That's learned mad. that the other day. It's incredible. Whales are like um, one of the most important... I, I mean, they're like the bees. They're like the bees and the whales are two of the most important species on the planet. Slightly mm. different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> Not in my paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I so saw when I was in um, yeah South Africa a couple of months ago. Me and Arnel did um, made a video with a cheetah. Right? Yeah, we did. We were working with um, a safari, but we also did. We also worked with a seafari, oh. um, who is like a marine biologist and a shark diving company. So yeah, we went cage diving with great whites, and I interviewed wow. them about it and stuff. And yeah, like the sh like it's ridiculous how many sharks are getting killed like the official number is a hundred million a year yes yeah, and ridiculous. the woman was saying that like that's the marimologist said that's that won't be accurate it'll be far more than that yeah and it's like but it's not just humans like there was two sharks that were killed there recently um by orcas killer yeah. whales and they just kill them and then eat their organs yeah. so they like would just eat the liver and it's like, it's, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, the orcas are the, the kings of the ocean, I think. They're the yeah. most aggressive like species in, in the water. Yeah, it's amazing the way um, they do. I think the way they hunt is that they can drown something. I saw it the other day. I watched, there's yeah. a documentary called The Hunt, um, yeah. like a documentary series, and they drowned like a bait, like a calf yeah. whale. Um, Oh, it's kind of hard to watch, but you're like, that's just nature. Yeah. But yeah, they just drown this calf. Yeah. And it's like, what, like, and it's mum's there, just like, can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. On a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, should we play our remix? I need to explain it all. No, yeah, definitely explain it. Um, so, I think it's time for a bit more music. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you asked for the Charles Bradley. So what we try and do is to find a remix of some sort. Now, mm. obviously, Charles Bradley, he's had like a long suffering career and life, like, and it's very evident in his music. And one of the things that he found himself excelling at was being like a, an impersonator of James Brown. And so he would perform all of James Brown's tracks. Now, so then I thought, right, well, maybe I'll find a Bradley uh, recording of him singing James Brown. I couldn't find any. So then I thought, well, Maybe I'll just play a James Brown. And then I thought, well, what track would Bradley have sung of James Brown? It's not like I've ever seen him do this. Mm. Um, so then I realized that, well, actually, I've got um, a live album of James Brown. So that's what we're going to go for. Man, it's, that's uh, an awesome cover. Yeah, he looks it is, so it? young. He looks like a Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> well, not an actual Thunderbird, but one of the... Uh, yeah, he does look young. One of the people. Smash Records. And then the the track I thought we'd go for is blues for my baby because when I think I'm your of, baby and you're going to play me some blues well there's that too but uh, when I think about <laughs> Charles, moving swiftly on when I think about Charles Bradley's music it's all like love songs all quite melancholy and when yeah. I think about James Brown I don't think of the melancholy stuff I feel exactly I think of the upbeat and the the funk so I think that Bradley would have probably sung a lot of his more mellow soulful bluesy tracks so that's why I went for that one. Cool. So we're going to leave you on this track. So thanks a lot for coming in today, Emil. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thanks, Emil. It's good to. Good I to look hang. forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah. Oh, me too. I feel like yeah, the next next stage is exciting. I don't yeah. know what's happening, but it's yeah. kind of exhausted and enthusiastic, which is a bit weird. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Flipping two sides of a coin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks to all the listeners. Yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in again. Until That's next fun. time. I lost a good love And I grieve night and day Will I Lost a good love And I grieve Both night and day 
I get the blues for my baby Ever since she's gone away Baby, the rest of she's been going away. 